Hi and welcome to St Ninian's Sermons Podcast. My name's Stuart, I'm the Minister at St Ninian's in Stonehouse, which is in Scotland. We are a local ecumenical partnership between the Church of Scotland and the United Reformed Church and that means we reflect both traditions in our work and worship. So let's listen to our reading for this week and then get on to the sermon. Reading, first reading this morning is from Judges 11, verses 1 to 10, and is entitled Jephthah. Jephthah was a brave soldier from Gilead, was the son of a prostitute. His father, Gilead, had other sons by his wife, and when they grew up, they forced Jephthah to leave home. They said to him, You will not inherit anything from our father. You are the son of another woman. Jephthah fled from his brothers and lived in the land of Tob. There he attracted a group of worthless men, and they went round with them. It was some time later that the Ammonites went to war against Israel. When this happened, the leaders of Gilead went to bring Jephthah back from the land of Tob. They said, Come and lead us, so that we can fight the Ammonites. But Jephthah answered, You hated me so much that you forced me to leave my father's house. Why come to me now that you're in trouble? They said to Jephthah, we are turning to you now because we want you to go with us and fight the Ammonites and lead, us, lead all the people of Gilead. And Jephthah said to them, If you take me back home to fight the Ammonites and the Lord gives me victory, I will be your ruler. They replied, We agree. The Lord is our witness. The second reading is also from Judges 11, verses 29 to 40. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jephthah, he went through Gilead and Maseah and returned to Mizpah in Gilead and went to Ammon. Jephthah promised the Lord, If you give me victory over the Ammonites, I will burn as an offering the first person that comes out of my house to meet me when I return home from victory. I will offer that person to you as a sacrifice. So Jephthah crossed the river to fight the Ammonites and the Lord gave him victory. He struck at them from Arir to the area of Mimith. Twenty cities in all, and as far as Achiel and Keramim. There was a great slaughter, and the Ammonites went defeated by Israel. When Jephthah went back home to Mizpah, there was his daughter coming to meet him, dancing and playing the tambourine. She was his only child. When he saw her, he tore his clothes in sorrow and said, O oh my daughter, you are breaking my heart. Why must it be you that causes me pain? I have made a solemn promise to the Lord and I cannot take it back. She said to him, if you, have made me a, if you have made a promise to the Lord and what you said would do to me, <clears throat> since the Lord has given you revenge on your enemies, the Ammonites, but she asked her father, do this one thing for me. Leave me alone for two months so that I can go with my friends to wander in the mountains and grieve that I must die a virgin. He told her to go and sent her away for two months. She and her friends went up into the mountain and grieved because she was going to die unmarried and childless. After two months, she came back to her father. He did what he had promised and to the Lord, and she died still a virgin. This was the origin of the custom of Israel, that the young women would go away for four days every year to grieve for the daughters of Jephthah of Gilead. Amen. you ever made a decision, a promise, or a vow and wished you hadn't? 
Or perhaps you've committed to an idea, a decision, a course of action, and it turned out not to be what you thought it was going to be. But by the time that you found out, you were way too deep to change your mind or to get rid of it. It happens to us all the time. Sometimes in really small ways and sometimes in big ways that can change the course of our lives. And like all things, it seems as if there's nothing under the sun that's new. Perhaps things don't change very much. Jephthah was an outcast. His half-brothers had driven him away, well, because, well, because he was their half-brother. We still have a saying that the sins of the father will be visited upon their sons. And that's exactly what happened to Jephthah. He was the son of a prostitute, and he was driven away. What's interesting about that is that his father, Gilead, who slept with the prostitute, isn't driven away. That doesn't seem to be an issue at all. And that can, I think, help us to understand a little bit about the power that men had in those days and how little regard was paid to women. It also helps us to understand how important inheritance was. Gilead's sons don't want to split their inheritance with Jephthah. So they gang up on him and they send him away. And it seems like their father, Gilead, has nothing to say about that. He certainly does nothing to stop it. Jephthah does what he's good at. We read that he's a mighty warrior, and so he puts his skills to good use on the wrong side of the law. And soon he's joined by others, a band of outlaws. But suddenly things change. The Ammonites make war against Israel, and the people need a warrior to lead them. Jephthah's skill set is now very much in demand by the very people who banished him, who threw him out, who sent him away. They need a charismatic warrior to lead them in battle. And to be honest, they don't really care who it is as long as they win. And they make him a promise, a promise which I'm sure they might come to regret. If we win, you can be in charge. You can almost see the movie trailer now, can't you? Small-town boy, outcast, becomes a bandit and is welcomed back as the big hero. The classic rags-to-riches tale. One of those archetypal stories that we sometimes talk about. It's the plot of half the movies ever made. So back he comes. And Jephthah makes his own promise to God. And it's pretty extreme. If you will give me the Ammonites and defeat them, then whoever comes out of the door of my house to meet me, I will, when I return victorious, shall be the Lord's offering, and will be offered up as a burnt offering. I'm not even sure where to start with that. If I win, the first person that comes out the door of my house, I'm going to burn as an offering to God. I wonder what you would give to get what you want. Because it seems as though Jephthah is willing to give up a lot. Or is he? I wonder if Jephthah thinks, oh, it's bound to be one of the servants that came out the door. That'll be fine. 
It's not like they matter. Because that's who would usually come out first to greet their master. The servant, to get his stuff and to make sure everything's okay. It seems as though every time I go on holiday, something significant happens in the world of politics. Glad to say that the last couple of weeks have been pretty quiet, though. I mean, apart from the Prime Minister losing every vote that he's had in Parliament and lying to the Queen and shutting down Parliament illegally and questioning the impartiality of the Scottish legal system and the Speaker resigning and the publication of the Yellowhammer documents detailing how Brexit is actually going to be a complete disaster for everybody. I mean, nothing much has happened, has it? (laughs) The events of the last couple of weeks have been fascinating and more than a little concerning. And it begs the same question that Jephthah introduces us to. What would you risk to get what you want? When Jephthah returns home, it's his only daughter who comes out the door first. This is not the story of an outcast who becomes king. It's not a heroic overcoming of an adversity to triumph in the end. The story of Jephthah is a tragedy. It's a story of a man who's been looked down on by his own people, who was driven to the margins of society and then given the chance to take back control, to be in charge, to get his own back on the people who have looked down on him because of something that wasn't even his own fault. And when he gets the chance, the chance to to win, he gets his own back. He jumps at the chance to get his own back. Not to do what's right, but to be in charge. And he makes this rash, ill-conceived, unthought-through promise. In his quest for power and influence and self-advancement, he sentences his only child, his daughter, to death. And when he sees her, he tears his clothes and says, Alas, my daughter, you have brought me very low. You have become the cause of a great trouble for me. Alas, my daughter, you have brought me very low. You have become a great trouble for me. Like it's her fault. All she did was rush out to meet her dad. The one who's supposed to protect her and care for her and put his needs below hers. What the story does brilliantly is to linger on her loss rather than his. This girl isn't even given a name, perhaps to show just how powerless she is. But she also becomes every innocent woman who's ever been caught up as a casualty of war and ambition and the lust for power. And her actions seem strange to us. She accepts her fate. She asks only one thing, that she might go with her friends into the mountains and to mourn her virginity. Some scholars question whether or not she actually went off to spend the rest of her life in isolation rather than becoming the victim of a human sacrifice. Because it's a practice that by that time had long been forgotten. Nobody did that anymore. 
But whatever her fate, it wasn't what anybody had hoped for. Her father's rash promise made in his own interests take away her future from her. But also from him. Jephthah has no other children. And so his line will come to an end. A story that began with someone being cut off from their inheritance because of the sins of his father ends with the same man ending his own line. The tragedy is, though, that Jephthah thought he was doing a good thing. He thought he was making things right, getting back to the good old days when he had a position, when he was part of his community, when he was part of the tribe. Back to a time when everything seemed to make sense to him and people needed him. To get back to a time when he mattered. And still we mourn for the daughters of Jephthah. Those innocent children whose future is stolen by our greed and ambition and our insecurity. In Yemen, the scene of a deadly civil war and famine which threatens to affect 10 million people. The UK is given £770 million in aid. And that seems loads, doesn't it? It seems really generous. Until you realise that we've made £6.2 billion selling arms to people who are in that fight. Our government's own predictions are that a no-deal Brexit will cause a rise in food prices, shortages of essential medicine and of course those things will disproportionately affect the poor. There will be a rise in black market activity, the possibility of civil unrest and according to ministers it's worth the risk even though nobody can tell us what we'll gain from leaving the world's biggest free trade market and from being part of something that's caused the longest period of peace and political stability in the history of Europe. In the history of Europe. And still we mourn for the daughters of Jephthah. Those innocent children whose future is stolen by our greed and ambition and our insecurities. And we forget all too quickly that the fighting between neighbours, between tribes like the Amorites and the Israelites, is not a thing of the past. The genocides of Rwanda and the Balkans and Myanmar are not so very far from home. And they all begin with people talking about others. People who somehow become less than us. Jephthah promised the life of someone else. People only make those kind of promises when they think someone else's life is worth less than theirs. He didn't promise that if he was given victory, he would hand over his own life to God. No, I'll throw one of my servants under the bus because their life isn't worth as much as mine. I'll make a promise and hope it's worth the risk. No wonder we still mourn the daughters of Jephthah, those innocent children whose future is stolen by our greed, our ambition, and our own insecurities.
Or do we? Do we mourn them? Or do we shake our heads and change the channel and turn the page? Perhaps we murmur a prayer and thank God that it's not us or our children. And so there arose a custom among the Israelites that for four days every year the daughters of Israel would go and lament the daughter of Jephthah the Gilead. Four days to remember what had happened, what they had done, not just Jephthah but all of them because they all played their part. His father, his brothers, who outlawed him, sent him off to join a band of thieves and robbers. The elders who begged him to come back and promised him leadership if they were given victory. They all shared in the cost. Their security, their victory, their way of life, all at the cost of someone else's security, someone else's life. Perhaps we should take some time to mourn for the daughters of Jephthah. Those innocent children whose future is stolen by our greed, our ambition and our insecurities. Perhaps we should take the time to reflect on our own part in this story. Our wants. Our insecurities. Our own actions that lead to the exploitation or abuse or even the death of someone else. The great prophet Amos wrote, There are those who hate the one who upholds justice in the courts and detest the one who tells the truth. You levy a straw tax on the poor and impose tax on their grain. Therefore, though you will build stone mansions, you will not live in them. Though you've planted lush vineyards, you will never drink the wine from them. For I know how many are your offences and how great are your sins. There are those who oppress the innocent and take bribes and deprive the poor of justice in the courts. Therefore the prudent keep quiet in such times, for times are evil. Seek good, not evil, that you may live. Then the Lord God Almighty will be with you just as you say he is. Hate evil and love good. Maintain justice in the courts. Perhaps the Lord God Almighty will have mercy to the remnant of Joseph. Even though you bring me your burnt offerings and grain offerings, I will not accept them. Though you bring choice fellowship offerings, I will have no regard for them, says the Lord. So away with the noise of your songs, I will not listen to the music of your hearts. But let justice roll. Let justice roll like a river and righteousness like a never-ending stream. And until that time, we should mourn for the daughters of Jephthah. Amen. Thanks for listening. If you have any comments, questions or thoughts about this week's sermon, then please do get in touch. We create this podcast at anchor.fm where you can leave us a voice message. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. We post the audio of the whole service each week on our website. 
There are details of all of this in the show notes. If you're in the neighbourhood and want to join us in person, we meet for worship every Sunday at 11am. We'd love to see you.